Mish and I are back and excited for our next episode. Hello, Mish. How are you? Hello, Miriam. Welcome back. <laughs> the both you. of us, I think. We've I had a three-week so. break, a well-deserved one, I think. <laughs> I agree. So again, this week, Mish and I are diving into what happened last week in the hospitality industry, as well as what happened a little bit in the world. And of course, we will discuss from our point of view what we think about them. So Mish, what do you think? Should we like start right away? Let's go for it. I mean, uh, we, even though we were gone for three weeks, um, I think from now on we can just jump back into it, right? As if nothing happened. Let's go. I completely agree. So let's start talking about the Airbnb causing a mini housing bubble. I think that was your news. Um, give us an update. So, um, I mean, I think we had several news this past few months on Airbnb and how it influences the market. I had a very strong um, opinion before we did this podcast, uh, let's say a year ago, that Airbnb doesn't really do anything, but apparently it does. <laughs> so, um, well, you just think, right, there is, let's say, 3 million apartments in any given city or whatever, and then, you know, okay, 10,000 Airbnbs and I'm going to do much. But basically what is actually happening right now um, in at least in the United States, and I presume in Europe, it, there's probably similar situations in some places. Certain counties became famous for their Airbnb uh, popularity. So as a result, um, people during the corona time just flooded to, the, to those areas and tried to buy as many as they could so they could outsource to their Airbnb and, you know, make that beautiful margin and send their kids to the best unis in the world, uh, preferably in Berlin, obviously. But uh, what actually happened is the, the the reverse. So, as you know, in, in you know the free market economy, whenever there is you know somebody is benefiting from something and it seems to be easy, basically there is then a queue of people trying to line up and make sure that they also can benefit from it, and that then actually in return influences the market. And so this is what mm. happened. Uh, as a result, how so? First of all, Airbnb ADRs have dropped in certain regions in certain counties. I think one of the counties that um, was uh, cited, ah, it doesn't really matter. Nobody would know it anyways. But uh, uh, basically several counties, the Airbnb occupancies, ADRs have dropped. And as a result, mm -hmm. people started selling Airbnbs. <laughs> it's crazy. Even though right now there is record, uh, you know, record occupancies, regular revenues. And as a result, real estate has dropped as well or starting to drop. So basically, Airbnb created this micro chasms, micro bubbles across certain areas. Uh, Indeed, people trying to just benefit from it and just trying to make some cash on the side, which is fair enough. Um, but yes, this is really it in a nutshell. I'm sure there's a few areas in Europe uh, which have very similar experiences going through. Will come the same, huh? I mean, to be honest, I find it great that you have decided that Airbnb is doing something. Um, I do think they have revolutionized hospitality over the past few years, but I'm glad that now you found the reason that they are doing something. No, but it, it's it's that whole idea of you live in a big city and you meet some uh, nutbag who's like Airbnb is taking away my rent, you know, and uh, it's it's you know making my kids uh, my kids not go to school or whatever the fuck. Airbnb isn't. I've always thought it's it's just a platform. It's it's it is revolutionizing revolutionizing hospitality, but it isn't revolutionizing, you know, the real estate market maybe. Uh, but right, it's not impacting maybe the the bottom bottom line or the the rent of average person in Berlin. But it mm. actually is. 
to some extent, at least not maybe not Berlin. I haven't seen the study for that, but we've seen several studies in the past months where actual rent has gone up or uh, down based on Airbnb and housing market is even going up and down. Not, I mean, it you know, in the whole country, the but at least yeah. market like crazy, even in Berlin. No, we have lots of um, empty apartments and people don't find an apartment because of Airbnb. Isn't that one of the main Yes, uh, reasons why we, governments but there like isn't actually a lot of detailed studies of this because it's very hard to understand what is going on on the Berlin market because the data is not publicly available and the city isn't really doesn't even know himself either because otherwise they would actually act upon it so in cities where there is clarity and transparency of what is going on every apartment is registered you can do the studies but in Berlin as far as I know there hasn't been actually any conclusive studies it's mostly clickbait articles trying to explain Right, I'm. I'm just saying you shouldn't jump to conclusions unless you actually have seen data. I think on that note, <laughs> <laughs> next piece <Yeah>. of news. <laughs> so, Miriam, um, tell us what have you found this week? Anything exciting? To be honest, I have found this article, which kind of it's very short news, but I just found it funny, and I really wanted to talk about it. And it talks about um, how someone got. Um, <laughs> A prison sentence for five years because he had 17 hotel heists in luxury hotels and he has been stealing from rooms and the way he, he's done that is he just went into five-star hotels and he told um, staff to please open the room for him because he forgot something in his room and staff of course was trying to please the guest and just open the room uh, without checking whether it's actually the person <laughs> that is from that room and the guy has I think stolen over 30,000k over <laughs> the past few months and I just I don't know I just found it really funny how easy it is to steal in hotels and I just kind of wanted to put out there that maybe to remind people that it would be good to put their things in safes I know it's not very scientific but I just I don't know I thought it was it just really surprised me how easy um, um, it is. And as Five Star Hotels had such a strong culture of pleasing the guest that they wouldn't have the courage to ask, right? Sir, is this real? Like, what's your name? And please, like, show me your room key. Or, like, they, right? If you go in and say, oh, I'm sorry, can you please open the door? Because I forgot it. I would be kind of annoyed if I would have to go downstairs as well so I get my key again somebody be like no I don't know if it's your room so actually it's just the way it's set up it's just very inviting yeah I remember even in, in my three-star hotel experience people would um, we would have posters of people who were known scammers in the area or other <laughs> hotels have heard of them so you're supposed to look at that face and remember, right? I mean, <laughs> I remember the first, my first ever hotel experience or you know, work experience in the hotel. Yeah. 2011, <laughs> somebody, wished, somebody showed me that picture and I was like, okay, I'm going to look for that person and every <laughs> single person that comes in. And I think I forgot about that person maybe two seconds after that picture was shown to me. So, but yeah, um, indeed. I mean, we both have, right, five-star experience. I think mm. uh, we can relate to... Well, no. First of all, if you have a hundred rooms, how do you remember every single guest, right? You yeah. might have come down a later um, early shift, and last night somebody checked in. You don't know how they look like. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's a, you know there's basic rules, but then again, if you pressure people enough, they will forget yeah. about it. 
they'll definitely open the door for you. So I don't know. It's really interesting. But would you say 30,000 euros is worth five years in prison? Nah. Okay. No, but I mean, this guy got caught, but I'm sure like if you're doing it a little bit different and you're lucky somebody didn't put their jewelry away, for example, then you can get... I don't want to encourage people to do that now. <laughs> Let's just move on. Tonight at 8 p.m., Miriam explains how to scam hotel guests out of their money. <laughs> I know, I just read it and I was just so surprised. I want to talk to, to you about it. I don't know. Um, I thought it was a fun piece of news, but I think it's time to move on. I don't want to encourage anyone. I'm sure um, those who, who, have, who want to have already started. So. I'm sure. <laughs> um, so I think I want to move on to one more of, of my news, uh, which is very, I think, German-focused. German, German focused. And I, I find it a little bit ironic and funny because um, Germany wants to diminish um, admin work for hotels. And they have decided to, <clears throat> or they're discussing right now, that hotels don't need to register all the German citizens that come to the hotel, right? Before, I don't know, for people who don't know, usually when you come to your hotel, you, you need to kind of show your passport and fill out all your data. And that data then goes to the police department or the official um, place and the hotels need to deliver that info. Um, is it the police department? Yeah, I think it's the police department. Um, And that is what they want to kind of that step they want to remove, but only for German um, citizens and not for tourists. <laughs> so actually, um, you still have the whole process. Even if you remove it for German citizens, you still need to do the process. So still at the end of the day, if you have two tourists, you still need to send the information or for programmers, for example, now with the new concepts, They still need to develop the whole digital journey that will deliver that information <laughs> to the police department instead of like a hundred, you have just maybe five now. But I don't know, I find it a little bit a drop so, on a hot stone. So basically the only difference is if somebody <laughs> has gone through the process and they're German, you don't actually have to send it. To the, the police department. You already yeah, collected all the data, but you don't have to send it. I think they rely on companies and hotels that are literally doing this by pen still. Yeah, so, exactly. So well, any modern concepts that actually have fixed this problem by just automating it and outsourcing it to the guests, yeah, nothing changes. You still have to Not do really. it. Yeah. So this is how um, paperwork and admin work is supposed to be um, diminished but that's 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 what i've understood from the article that um it will only be for german citizens they don't need to do the registration maybe they don't even need to do the registration maybe they can just say your name because then the hotel maybe doesn't require the passport but actual maybe. modern concepts right they, they require someone to upload the id to verify the fact that exactly. they are german citizens so it doesn't change anything for them because they still have to verify the fact that they are german And quite frankly, I mean, I'm sure they will, like, if you're going through a hotel and, I mean, yes, you can just show your German passport, but that still means you have to check it. Yeah, I think okay. this is just purely relying on old school hotels that, you know, somebody wrote by a pen their little name and their yeah. birthday date and where they're born. And, you know, and then you take that, you write it again somewhere else and then you fax it to the government. Yeah. And now you're like, oh, exactly. they, it says German on the paper. Good. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. That is 
Anyway, so I think maybe it would be better to, I don't know, write a software or I, I have no idea, but it just, I thought it was a funny way of reducing paperwork and admin work for hotels. Um, Saving yeah. the planet. Ooh, That's the motto, I think, the German, of the German government, right? Paper by paper, <laughs> A4 sheet by A4 sheet. A4 sheet, copy by copy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're, we're definitely moving on to one of yours now, which is STR Occupancy Digest. Hello. So, uh, yes, very, very exciting piece of news, or maybe uh, one would put it as statistics report <laughs> weekly. <laughs> so, STR, is, as some of you might know, is a pretty famous or well-established uh, statistics organization that collects data from hotels across the world, and as a result, they can actually build on trends, and you as a hotel uh, or company can basically sign up to that, pay some money, also send your data, but in return, you will get access to the entire pool of your city or your region, right? And STR... Uh, Five know, hotels. Sorry? Do you get the whole city? Don't you get just five hotels as a content? No, you can go... You can, there's a variety of different reports, right? Um, uh, depends on what you're buying. But basically, right. you're getting the average, right? You can understand yeah. what's going on. And STR has recently released a pretty interesting report. On a nutshell, on, on the surface, seems like every other weekly report, and that's why we've never actually really reported on this before because it wasn't very exciting let's put it this way but um this week it was a few interesting trends first of all so they do this weekly right they report on basically what's going on in the world and specifically in us because it's a us centric company what is going on with tourism statistics this week first of all shoulder days sunday and thursday have actually decreased in their booking amounts if you remember that was the conversation that a core hotel ceo was telling about us well, not us, but the general public that finally he can cover those annoying days where people don't want to stay over the weekend, right? Because people, the work, the, the travel trends have changed and people are staying over the Sunday. So you don't have to mm. cover those annoying days where nobody wants to book, for example, from Sunday to Monday or from Thursday to Friday. Okay. Well, apparently that has dropped. Now, obviously, this is just, you know, this is not long-term data. This is just one week, but it has dropped. Second of all, uh, global occupancy levels, which is very interesting to me specifically, have actually finally reached post-2019 levels. <gasps> Meaning, right? So first of all, for those of you who might be like, well, who cares, I'm, I'm doing fine. Yes, in first world countries, if you are in one, this has happened already for at least for a quarter, at least, you know, maybe four or five months. However, in third world countries, this was still the case that a lot of companies, a lot of uh, occupancies, AGRs haven't caught up, except finally this week, they have. So that means the world is back to normal, at least in, you know, just part of the world, but the <laughs> at whole least in world. terms of occupancy. <laughs> exactly. And finally, the last piece of news, and I'm, I mean, uh, this is just one of those perhaps uh, reinvigorating or calming piece of news, at least one that is forecasted exactly, and there's the data for it. So the, the autumn, or sorry, Q4, actually looks just as good as a Q4 of 2019. The so there's already bookings and there's already fork there's already actual data for bookings for Q4 that represents the same patterns from 2019 that means it hasn't dropped below summer isn't mm. some sort of a weird spook where you know uh, things are going to go back to shit but mm. actually Q4 2023 is going to be very much similar to 2019 it doesn't look better but it looks similar in fact almost nice. the same they can so that means uh, on the books Exactly. I mean, that's. I think a lot of people were worried. Is this summer abnormal? Are we going to go back to some weird 
pre-post-pandemic crisis and you know everybody's gonna die because they couldn't afford food but apparently it's it's looking fine okay that that's very good news yes I uh, think statistics can be fun that's really good to know yeah they can be fun but they can also be wrong which is our next piece of news <laughs> <laughs> good, good transition there all right let's go that was smooth no i'm yeah, quite very, excited about very that. very yes <laughs> So it's really actually about <clears throat> um, how a, a guy tweeted about um, an alleged Airbnb revenue collapse and he was using data from all the rooms and he kind of made a table and just tweeted it and um, this post has kind of made investors and so on and so on nervous in It's just a complete, like, misleading claim. Um, yeah, which kind of stirred up insecurity for, for investors and potentially kind of impacting Airbnb's reputation as well as their revenues and, um, and all of that. And I just wanted to pick that out. We had then, then his data was after checked by, by different analysis um, with air DNA data and key data, blah, blah, blah. And it really turned out that there has been a revenue drop, but nearly like not at, not close to as drastically as this um, Nick Gerley uh, tweeted. So I just find it super interesting, right? Like we always say, oh, we rely on data. And if you have data, you can um, kind of present it and it makes sense. But it's just also really interesting that if you're not really careful or if you have He also admitted afterward that maybe he didn't triple check his work. Um, so, yeah, that, that can really, if you tweet something and it's not really, really accurate, it can just have such a big impact for a company and for a market. Um, I assume that uh, people were listening to the guy because I guess he had some sort of a image as a data analyst. So he, he made that mistake once, twice, and then on the third time, nobody will listen, probably. I guess that might be that might be true. Um, so, um, but yeah. well, I mean, this is a pretty. I think that I mean a lot of companies. There's a few companies that actually dig out, you know, pretty bad information on companies, release it, and then they make mm. money on uh, on, uh, on the stock dropping. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On readings and followers. Maybe that was this guy's intention, and maybe he even made some money while he was at it. I'm sure the Airbnb stock, even if it dropped by two dollars, right, or whatever, for a period of one day, he was ready for it, and he, he did a short set. So. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I thought that was uh, an interesting piece of news. But. So, for folks, today's po today's <laughs> podcast is all about how do you scam the system, steal money from guests, <laughs> and release some fake tweets so you can make some money on stocks. We're so credit Miriam. Today. So helpful, honestly. But I was, I think, because I've been reading the news so often now that um, I just find that stuff interesting. Anyway, thank God we still have you who like finds good facts. Statistics. Um, While Miriam statistics. finds scammers <laughs> stealing I money from fun, guests. I find fun news. <laughs> They're fun. So I think we're coming um, to our global news, which you definitely want to talk about because you love that. Yes. So which one you want to talk day. about? Global warming or inflation? 
You can I only mean, take one. That's a very tricky question because I like both, right? So maybe no. we have... No? no. I, I only get choose you one. Pick, you pick one because uh, of time. So and there you go, have, folks. That's what I have to deal with Miriam every day. You want to have some fun with inflation and uh, global warming? And Miriam says, no, you can just only <laughs> took one. Unless, of course, I'm a scammer in a hotel, then it's all fine. Um, all right. So let's. I think let's go for inflation. No, yes, okay. exactly. Let's go for inflation. Inflation, it is. So, um, interesting part of uh, an interesting article I found in The Economist this week, uh, basically enlightening us on the fact that, as you might all be aware, that the financial crisis is mostly happening due to, to a shit ton of money being published or published, sorry, printed published. globally. Yeah, published <laughs> in, in a way, right? Uh, printed all over uh, during the corona crisis, but that has backfired and that's the result of the current crisis. High inflation, increasing costs, businesses going, <clears throat> well, going bust because they couldn't afford things. Um, good news, inflation has dropped uh, in the United States down to 3%, which is almost a healthy amount. However, and that's the point of the article, the question I stated, is this over? Well, uh, in short, not really. <laughs> for one, um, the consumer price index is still pretty high. So, for example, energy and food costs are still 4.8% higher than last year's, which is way out. It might seem like not much, you know, for us, 4.8% might even not be noticeable, but on a global scale, that's still quite a lot. Um Finally, second of all, the labor market, which is quite an interesting situation. Uh, we've seen kind of in, in news and trends from both. So on one side, you have demographics crisis, right? There's a huge lack of people because of just simply a lack of people. They were never born, right? We we have a sort of this demographic tree, right, where you just don't have the people who need to replace the people who are retiring, as some of you might heard. Well, that's actually the reason why there's not been a high, huge amount of layoffs because there was actually a lot of new open positions. And so as a result of the crisis, people were not really fired, even though we heard the news, but on a, still on a global scale, not a lot of people were fired. It was just open positions were mostly, a lot of opposite positions were closed. Um, so yes, both kind of balanced each other's out. And so as a result, current population, current you know yeah, people working haven't been impacted as much. However, Nobody knows if this is going to keep going, right? Because the positions opened currently are still going down quarter by quarter, month by month. So in the next one or two years, this might even keep going. And at some point, there will be less open positions. In fact, none. And so people will start getting fired. Maybe. Nobody knows. But in a net amount, right, people who are looking for jobs versus open positions might tip. And then, you know, you got a lot of people getting fired. And finally, uh, while the United States inflation has indeed dropped to 3%, the rest of the world, <laughs> not everywhere, not as much. Uh, last week, we actually posted how Spain's inflation has dropped, while the rest of the European Union still hasn't. And if you want to check that out, you can check last week's post. But um, in fact, in some countries like Japan, nobody's even started increasing the interest, uh, increasing the the, co the cost of loans because they haven't reacted to it because the economy is kind of deflating anyways and uh, high inflation for Japan was in a way something they wanted, right? So certain countries haven't even reacted to this yet while uh, others, well, have they have, well, mostly in the European Union, no results have come out of it. So, <laughs> summary of the article, we don't really know. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, I, I understand it, not as, a, not as exciting, but that means um, the world is a bit more complicated than just one digit. Mm. In the, in the banking system and i find it super right i think it's super good to kind of get 
that in like to think about that what happens with inflation I think it sounds a bit dumb but often I didn't really want to think where it comes from and where it can go so I think to think about what kind of options and how it can impact labor market and utilities and all the business businesses in the long term is super super interesting to hear and finally yeah. all, the, all the different statistics are still not good enough to understand what will the future be like because whatever we're living in it's uh, it's definitely unique yes we are part of history folks <laughs> we will see what happens exactly <laughs> all right, piece of, next piece of news um Maybe we have a little bit of time left for the global warming, Miriam? Just a little bit. Well, but then what about the, the rest? All right. We ha- we promise our beloved listeners that we do 30 minutes. We still have another six. So let's keep going. Maybe we'll manage it. Uh, we'll do global warming in the end. So this week <laughs> this week's academic news. And I think this one, I really want to talk about this because I think you're going to love this. Um, <laughs> every time... If for dear listeners, uh, if you haven't, if you, this is the first time, welcome. We're very glad you're listening. But if you have listened to us a few times before, we have a segment where we talk about the academic papers of that week, or one or it's two. It's my favorite part. Exactly, and that's when Miriam, she, you don't see her because we don't do any YouTube videos. It's just an yep. audio. Shuts down. She effectively <laughs> closes her eyes, <laughs> tips to the side, and just listens to the end of the conversation. Then says, "Thank you very much. The podcast is over." <laughs> So this week I found a piece of academic research that I thought you would appreciate more than anybody else, given how you <laughs> reacted to it before. So a set of scientists I'm have, ready. have uh, looked into, uh, or basically conducted a bit of a meta-analysis on very other variety of academic papers, specifically in the hospitality sector, and looked at to basically academic papers that actually have tried to understand what information technology is out there, how it impl- impacts the, the, the industry, and um, basically tries to, to, to try to forecast what's going on, try to analyze things, right? So, for example, we've seen research which talks about how self-check-in might be impactful on, you know, guest experience and stuff like this, right? There's mm-hmm. one thing on one side, you know, when you have a cheap blog, but when you actually do academic research, when you survey people, where you try to study behavior from a psychological perspective, that's when you go into academic papers. And mm. this paper has looked into that, specifically on topics of internet, you know, tech products, API, or information technology, mm. and have concluded that most of the research in this uh, in this sector is very inconclusive, lacks rigor and relevance to the current day and age. <laughs> So it's basically a bunch of scientists saying other scientists are shit. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think, which the point is to me, and that's why I wanted to tell you this, Miriam, is because Mm. this this is the only, I think, um, practice amongst any other human practices where people will openly say we're doing a shit job, write a 10-page document about it, analyze other people's job, and say, this is shit, we need to do better. Have you ever seen The Economist write how terrible The Economists are in this day and age? I have never seen it. I think that is a little bit part of academia, right? I think they are always interested in finding something new and being very accurate and getting better at it. So they're they're questioning um, different approaches whether I think sometimes it's their own or other people's, 
but so, they also question often they question their own in order to get better and to be more accurate and so would you say and, academia is uh, the, the most the best source of information when it comes to trying to find out what is going on because I they never will never say that because you know me <laughs> I, I was this close have a huge respect for academia um because and i do believe that they're always like reaching for the next level of accuracy and for the next level of knowledge and for the next big thing and they don't they're not afraid to question anything they have done the day before so i think that definitely is just because i'm not good at it or that i don't find it interesting to read the news articles i think it's it's i think that is proof of the fact that academia is questioning its own work that's it folks um <laughs> i think we have uh we have proven the definitive and um i think this gives me the right to include way more academic papers <laughs> into any future episodes than ever before in fact i have only been doing one paper per blog <laughs> per, per per newsletter but i think we'll increase it to at least two now because miriam is uh has uh stated in a recording that she finds academia better than anything else I did not say that. Well, we're going to have to play it back because, uh, well, or at least you're going to have to listen to it, Miriam, because uh, somebody told me that you don't listen to your own podcast to check for quality. Somebody says you just hear what you want to hear. <laughs> well, but I guess let's, let's you, our listeners the decide. Fact, the fact that you forgot about global warming over my comments. <laughs> maybe that, that only... Maybe global warning is not as relatively important to me as uh, it is definitely very important. Making sure I'm right. Talk about it next time. <laughs> All right. I mean, we do All have right. we do have twelve ten seconds to talk about global warming. <laughs> no, um, we'll include it next time. I guess on that note, um, that's it for much. week twenty eight. Thank you very much all for listening. Uh, we will now continue our weekly uh, posting of this podcast feel free to mm. check out this audio version available on spotify or wherever you get your podcasts as well as the written version or the newsletter that you can get one day before the podcast is released on leopardy.com yes and for any feedback uh, improvements and so on we're very grateful Ten. have yes. a wonderful day or evening or whenever you're listening thank bye you bye. very much see you